0: Previously on the Fantastic Worlds Podcast.
1: Nothing stands between you and the iridescent portal.
0: I shrug and I jump through. Jumping
1: in.
2: All right, girl, we're going to do this together. Ready? And just like scoops you up and then just jumps in.
1: When you arrive on the other side, you see quite a sight. On the ground in a heap, you see a man. He is surrounded by these weird magical tendrils of cold and dark mist. And he goes, you could not have arrived at a better time. Thank you, my friend. I am Baba Yaga's Black Rider, the harbinger of the witch queen's return. Something has happened to Baba Yaga, and Elvana intends to slay everyone loyal to her mother. She will claim all of Galarian as her personal kingdom. Elvana seeks to cover the entire world in ice and snow using portals much like this one. How do we close the portal? You can find its source in the Pale Tower, but the portal is one of many. Through them, Elvana will spread the new Ice Age across the world. You must find Baba Yaga. Only she can defeat Elvana. You must find her dancing hut to follow her. Elvana stole the hut and put it on display in Erison's capital, White Throne. You must go there to get the dancing hut.
2: Once we find the hut... How do we use it?
1: The hut has many keys. I managed to secure two of those keys. Placing the keys in the hut's cauldron will retrace Baba Yaga's path. The man takes the knife out of his pocket, holds the keys to his chest, and slits his own throat. Jim walks over to the old man and runs his furry paws over the man's eyes, closing them one last time.
0: Uh...
3: guys, Kay here with another fantastic intro. For starters, I wanted to remind all of you that we still have a sweepstakes going. If you use hashtag worldstraveler to promote us on Twitter, we are offering a shirt off our merch page where you can pick it and we will send it to you if you are selected. So yeah, guys, come on, it's free stuff. There's some really cool things on there. My personal favorite is the Roll for Babes logo that Dustin made, which I still need to buy for myself. I keep forgetting, and that's terrible. I might actually do that after I'm done recording this intro. Anyway, so yes, please promote hashtag World's Traveler, and we will uh, send you a shirt if you are our contest winner. It's that easy. Anyway, without any further ado, may I introduce you all to this week's episode big wolf energy
4: all right so you guys i finally finished it i did it i got through it powered through i finished the dragon prince yes,
3: yes. oh thank awesome. god Bond. finally <laughs> okay uh, what do you think what
1: do you
5: think now we have to let us know and okay. depending on what you say we might not be friends with you anymore yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i honestly, might be exiled
4: from this group but okay so here's no pressure, here's the though. thing I really enjoyed the first half and the last three episodes really reminded me that it's a children's show in a way that I didn't like very much. Hmm. A lot of like the jokes got really childish. I don't like that. And and not childish in a way that I find very funny. It seemed really shoehorned in. And then they hatched the dragon. Sorry, Jess. Spoiler alert. (laughs) And it makes puppy noises. It makes puppy noises. It runs around going rough, basically. And then, like, and it doesn't seem like an ancient mystical being or, like, something that might become an ancient. I have a lot of opinions about (laughs) dragons. I don't know if you guys have noticed. Oh, I had forgotten that you are our dragon. I am your dragon nut and mm-hmm. i'd forgotten about this yeah anyway so it makes puppy noises and was instantly like i'm here to solve all your problems deus ex dragon hatching that thing that was gonna make your fall your arm fall off fixed it no explanation why it's just fixed and uh, i am a perfectly lovely and happy with all of you and we're gonna be like a snuggly happy puppy dragon instead of like something that's gonna turn into a fierce fucking fire breathing badass I think there has something to be said about like
3: setting expectations because you also have to remember that Avatar has a slow burn. So true.
1: Yeah. Very true. So that was going to say, if I had to watch Avatar in an episodic fashion and had to wait for seasons, there are definitely <laughs> some parts where I'm like, okay, this is a little bit more kiddie than I oh, would yeah. stand. Yeah, I
3: agree. yeah, there are certain episodes of Avatar where I'm just like gritting my teeth, but Trying then there are some it. where I'm like sobbing because i'm so emotionally invested like anything having to do with the moon princess i'm still all messed up about oh yeah years later and also
4: how katara Thanks. completely defeats the patriarchy at the end of
3: yeah the oh, first season. That is
4: chills absolute Just chills steamrolls right over that patriarchy it's gone it's yeah. over i
5: guess i'm full of childlike wonder so i can make it through like even the little cutesy episodes
0: yeah i'm actually i'm glad you told me that because I'm absolutely not. <laughs> I'm dead inside. I can, <laughs>
1: yeah. I can, I, can I, I, would argue that the first three episodes of Avatar are very kiddie in form, but, yeah. and then it ramps up quite a bit from there.
4: And that's, but, and, and I 100% agree with that. And most of the time, if I'm on a rewatch of Avatar, I skip the first half of book one. But my expectations were so high with the Dragon Prince because oh, the first half was solid, like that was good. It was still like kid stuff, but it was also like they were exploring some themes that I thought were really interesting and a little darker and you know, they they had they had some interesting layers going on. I loved um, I loved Amara.
3: Uh she is actually using sign language in the scenes where it's not interpreted She, it's, I can understand it because it is actually sign language. I have actually like interpreted it and sent it out as like a small chunk of text to friends because they've been like, I want to know what she says. And I'm like, I would like a copy of that. This is the best interpretation I can give you of it. The animation is a little choppy just Mm -hmm. because it's got that like kind of computerized thing going on. But yeah, the part where she's talking, the statue. All of that is I could understand enough to 100% know what she was going for. Mm -hmm. And that's incredible to me because up until a couple years ago, switched at birth was really the thing that threw ASL into the kind of general public. And so now that it's in a cartoon, fucking lost my mind.
1: For those of you who don't know, ASL is American Sign Language.
3: (laughs) For those of you who don't know, that is a really big part of my life.
1: Yeah, purposely do not want to know what that says because I feel that's like a secret that I am not allowed to know what it is, and I I actually kind of treasure that fact, and I don't want to. Okay, know I
3: is. will never tell you. I
1: never want to know because I think it's it's something.
3: <laughs> if well, we if... ever get into a really bad friend fight, that's going to be the thing I come at me
1: with. <laughs> Ooh,
3: nice. Yikes!
1: She's just going to start saying it. <laughs> I actually always have subtitles on. Actually, it's because of K that I always have subtitles on all my shows, and mm-hmm. um, and I noticed they intentionally left the subtitles out for that section. Yeah, they and... did. To me, that means that they do not want that is a special moment for people who know who speak sign language. Yes, yeah, so absolutely. I, I very much appreciate that.
4: Mm hmm. I don't.
1: Send me a translation.
3: <laughs> I will absolutely send you Ruin uh, the mystique. a translation
1: of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd hate to take us away from this riveting discussion because, you know, all the people that listen to us, they came here to talk about t- TV. <laughs> We're now uh, a TV yeah. podcast. <laughs> and now we either got new I mean, listeners
5: or, like, we lost a lot of them.
4: <laughs> yeah, they
1: turned They turned this off. <laughs> So when we last left our intrepid group of adventurers, you had just witnessed Black Midnight, a harbinger of Baba Yaga, slit his own throat. The blood ran over two keys. The two keys began to glow ever so slightly, once again infused with power. Jim has run his furry paws over the old man's eyes, closing them one last time. There's a deafening silence. I think probably a little bit of shock going all around the room. I'm, a lot of people are like, what the hell, Jim? I'm sure that's going through some people's mind. The suit itself begins to slowly disintegrate into nothingness until all that remains is an old dead man in a long black tunic and these weird black wisps of energy that surround him that you guys saw early on. The wisps, however, do not stay contained for long and each of them shoot out towards all of you. The impact leaves a small tattoo shaped like a snowflake on each of your bodies. Each one has its own unique design. Abraxas, you hear someone behind you calling your name. Hillrunner! Hillrunner! As you turn around, you find yourself not surrounded by snow, but in a castle. One you have never seen before. In front of you walks a tall man with jet black hair, neatly slicked back, and a fine set of purple full plate armor. He is clean cut and seems to take care of himself with the exception of the five o'clock shadow on his face. He approaches the table where a young king sits looking over battle plans of his kingdom of Ray King Jagut looks over to his longtime friend and sighs, Lucius Hillrunner, please tell me only good news, the look on your face is not good news. Lucius looks over to him. Unfortunately, my lord, we need to vacate immediately. Her troops have broken through the castle gates and will be here soon. We have taken precautions to bide some time, but we must get you out. Jagut screams in anger and sweeps all the pieces and the map off the table, each piece falling and making a distinct sound as it hits the stone floor. Where are the troops from the other kingdoms, Lucius? They should have arrived before all this happened my spies have told me they stopped at the border for some reason but my liege we must leave through the just as lucius is about to finish his sentence a strong gust of icy air cuts through the door like a knife and there stands baba yaga the frail figure is not a pretty sight her face is old full of wrinkles and liver spots her hunch causes a visible lean if it was not for the support of the broom she is holding she would probably just fall over The guards in the room rush her, and with a small tip of her broom, a giant circle of runes shows up underneath them, and they all instantly die. Any hope of living disappears from the king's face in that moment. However, the witch queen would be denied that look as Lucius steps in front of the king and draws his sword. She looks up at the tall man. My, 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 what an excellent display of loyalty you show to your king. I respect that. Baba Yaga walks up to Lucius and looks deep into his eyes. That kind of loyalty will always be rewarded by me. But first, I need to take care of something. The old crone continues to walk towards the king. It is at this time Lucius realizes he cannot move at all. Neither can King Jagroot. How does it feel, king, to know that I move through your troops like a hot blade slicing through ice? No... That's not a term I would use. More like an ice shard slicing through a king's stomach. Lucius cannot see what is happening, but the sounds are all too familiar. Lucius closes his eyes and sheds a tear as he hears his king and friend fall to the ground. Baba Yaga ambles slowly back to Lucius. Don't cry, knight. I have great plans for you. Lucius' eyes grow wide as he sees Gerd, the king's youngest sister, is dragged in by her long red hair. She would be screaming in pain if not for the fact she seemed to be under the same spell he was. The young lady took out two of my trolls trying to bust in. That kind of strength and loyalty you both displayed will make both servants of mine. I know that this is not the kind of loyalty you would easily give to me as a human. The crone ambles up to the two, now standing together and touches Gerd on the shoulder. She goes to do the same to Lucius, but can't quite reach. She takes the stick end of her broom and slams it into his stomach. The broom effortlessly shatters the armor and hits the stomach directly. Lucius falls to his knees in pain. Much better. The old crone laughs, and she grabs upon to both shoulders and whispers a few lines. Lucius and Gerd scream out in pain, and their skin starts to harden and crack. Abraxas, this is the pain that someone experiences when first undergoing transition to wolf bones are cracking and moving in ways bones should not both of them fall on all fours as pieces of their skin fall off in chunks only to be replaced with fresh patches of fur the human eyeballs of both of them fall to the floor along with a liquid pool of teeth they both look into the air and you quickly see both of their eyes and teeth have been replaced with eyes and teeth of a much more menacing beast The two humans growl and scream in pain until finally those horrible sounds are replaced with a howl. Baba Yaga, upon hearing those howls, slowly ambles through the door and over to the throne room and atop the throne slowly sits down. It's about time I got to sit. I've been on my feet all day. Now where was I? Oh yes. She puts her fingers up to her mouth and whistles. Two beautiful wolves, one white, One red enter the room and sit on opposite sides of Baba Yaga. She touches both of them, and those same snowflake designs appear on them as well. "'You two will bring much-needed breeding stock and leadership to the wolves I manage. "'What is that in your mouth?' She looks over to Gerd, who looks like her hand has been caught in the cookie jar. "'Drop that! Drop that right this instant!' Gerd sheepishly drops what is in her mouth right in front of the queen. "'Is that a finger?' Oh, yes, by the look of it, the, that finger, it looks like you have been sn- snacking on King. Hmm. The wolf looks up ashamed that she might have upset her master. Well, I imagine such a transformation causes appetite, and I need both of you to be strong. Well, go finish your meal. The two wolves dash off to the planning room to finish their evening stack, Baba Yaga once again laughing the entire time. The memories seem to be long to you. But when you snap back to reality, you realize not much time has passed. As each of you examine the new body art, you feel slightly different than you did before.
0: That was gnarly.
1: Did we wow. all see that? <laughs> Only <Abraxas laughs> a breakfast. Just a Oh, I was like,
3: <laughs> I was gonna say that's a mean-ass grandma. Jeez. Okay. All right. That's well. Traumatic. Okay. Real question: Do these magical snowflakes give us like plus three to like cold or anything?
1: Why don't you guys roll me a knowledge arcane and, uh, and I can maybe give you some information.
3: I think
5: uh, Brax is. W- w- I'm not going to roll because he's, he wouldn't be. I picture him like kneeling and just kind of trying to catch his breath. I
4: think this is Pippa then. That was a 23 on Knowledge Arcana.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you you're, you actually probably heard this story from your mom, I would imagine. Some interesting things are going to happen. First off, uh, you all feel infused with great magical power, so much so that you get a plus two point increase to one ability score of your choosing. What? Yeah. Awesome.
4: Yes. Oh, my God. I need that so fast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you realize the snowflake marks you as a favored servant of Baba Yaga. Uh, This will allow you to enter all places her servants are allowed. Some things are protected for only her servants, um, and this will let you pass through. You remember your mom telling you how when she would go visit a city in Erison, not that she talked a lot about it, but she talked about how there were certain pieces that were only for Baba Yaga's servants that only they could enter um, because they were magically protected. The biggest change, however, is you all feel a pull to finish the task assigned to you. This manifests in a Gaius-like effect on all of you, meaning that if you all actively stop working towards trying to save Baba Yaga, you will take a negative two penalty to all ability scores after 24 hours. After another 24 hours, that moves up to a negative four, and then it moves up to another negative two. It goes basically increases by two every 24 hours that pass. Yeah, I hate that spell.
4: (laughs) That sucks.
1: Odessa, Jim brings you the two keys. One is a weird lock of white hair, and the other is a strangely shaped mask. Looks to have, like, a long beak. Just give me a, roll me a die 20 and add your knowledge modifier. And actually, uh, Angel, if you want to roll me a knowledge nature, and I might be able to get you something. That's
3: 17?
1: Okay. Uh, 18. Okay, uh, the lock of hair, you identify it as a lock of hair from a frost giant's beard. Odessa, you identify the mask as a plague doctor's mask.
3: I was just going to ask you. If I was going nice. nice. to Yeah,
1: me too. They are both glowing slightly. And they're oddly not bloodied from the blood that ran over them. It's almost like it soaked up the blood.
4: Powered up. Interesting.
1: Finally, uh, after all this happens, I think the adrenaline of the fight and meeting the Black Rider happens to start to reduce or go down, you quickly realize how much colder it is here than in Taldor. The cold there has nothing on the cold here. At the time you left, it was maybe 15 degrees in in the Borderwood Forest. Here it is sub-zero temperatures, as low as potentially negative 15, if not more. Moving forward, you will need to make a saving throw every 10 minutes. However, I'm going to alter the rules a little bit because I don't want us to have to roll every 10 minutes. So... Every hour, um, you won't be rolling the save for uh, hypothermia and all that, but it will be a stacking penalty of negative five every hour. And you guys are already at plus 15. so Or plus 17, excuse me. So that's going to go up pretty quickly.
3: So it's like DC 17 right now?
1: Yeah. In fact, go ahead and roll me that right now, all of you who need to. Oh, and Abby, don't forget, you're still under
5: Endure Elements. It's just uh, me and Jess. Yeah, you and Kay are taken care of
3: okay oh nice Jess you don't look happy what happened I rolled a natural
1: one. <gasps> oh oh yes oh no on the same oh no oh, okay gosh. <laughs> god damn it Minette you take four points of non-lethal damage and you are okay. fatigued
0: okay
5: I got a 29 just to let you know they're D
1: okay you're good for now <laughs> <laughs> shit
3: that could have been a lot worse that's all I'm saying Oh, totally.
1: So here, you guys, you are stuck in an unknown land. I think, Angel, you noticed that this is the Horrorwood Forest because this is where your ancestors came from. So you guys are looking around. What do you guys want to do?
4: Did Abraxas tell us about the vision?
5: No, you just basically, you saw him kind of like kneel and stagger for a bit. And like when Kay was looking at like the keys, like it took him a while to compose himself to stand back up and identify the the fur as a uh, frost giant beard.
3: Yeah, I think Odessa's looking at the keys a little, and then just looking at Jim, confused.
0: I'm like, out of it. This The, the cold has taken it out of me.
1: Jim just hops up on your sh- shoulder and just acts like nothing happened.
3: Right. Okay, sure. That for now. But she saw Abraxas fall, so she's probably going to walk over and- ask him if he's okay
2: hey buddy you you okay you look a little looks like you took a hit
5: i didn't anticipate coming back home so uh yeah i'll be okay it's just uh the transition uh area is dangerous
4: by the way we should
5: probably find a place to settle in
4: where do you think we should go
1: Roll me a survival there, Abraxas.
5: Survival? He's like, that's a great question. Oh, that's a great roll. That is
1: a... 27. And with that really good roll, you really lucked out. The portal was kind of on a hill, and because of that, in the distance, you can see lights of a small town, probably a good days, oh, day away. The downside is you also, to the opposite side, uh, see a giant storm approaching you rapidly. You guys need to get oh. covered quick. Um, so I think you're going to start, you know, stumbling around using that. With that such a high survival, I'm going to let you use that. And you're stumbling around and looking for something, for anything that's going to get you there. And then the process, you see through the snowdrifts, some s- travelers have come under attack by what seems to be a giant praying mantis. Oddly enough, Abraxis, you know that an animal such as this does not reside in cold weather. And this is actually probably a situation where an animal from the Borderwood Forest went oh, into Erosin. Yeah. You see an unconscious man in its mandibles, and you see a group uh, who seem to be no more than peasants trying to drive the mantis away, but they are clearly no match for the giant insect.
0: <sighs> well, let's get in there. I'm, I was still like on my... Well, no, I guess we all stood up when we started walking, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am very
5: shaky
3: <laughs> I think Odessa is probably really close to you still
5: yeah I think you're you're in a little sandwich <laughs> <laughs> Odessa breakfast sandwich aww
1: why don't you all roll for initiative assuming you guys want to attack I mean, does it look like it can be reasoned with, or? Well, I mean, you guys could just <laughs> leave the peasants to themselves, I guess. Oh hell no! Nope, if peasants, Peppa they peasants, cannot do that.
5: <laughs> Manette's probably already charged you. We have to do it because she's weaker, so we know uh, we got to yeah. kind of pick up the slack because she'll just go in.
3: I feel like Adessa. When we like all saw them, Adessa probably just like grabbed Manette's
2: hand and was like, "No, <laughs> don't do it." We learned from last time. No. What did we learn? What did we learn?
1: (laughs) Manette, what did you get?
2: 19.
1: Uh, Dessa?
3: This is the shittiest roll I've ever. I got an eight.
5: Whoa. Abraxas? 21. He's being empowered by the motherland.
4: Woo! Pippa? Nice. Uh, Pippa came in with her highest initiative ever at a 23. Wow. Nice.
1: All right. Maybe Pippa's luck is finally turning around here.
4: It's mm-hmm. halfling luck, man. It always comes back around.
1: I'm hoping I'm going to jinx it by saying that. Pippa, <laughs> you're up.
4: Cool. Seeing peasants attacked by a giant creepy bug is Pippa's least favorite thing. So she is going to go ahead and use her very last spell of the day to fire off a magic missile at it.
1: Okay. That hits automatically. Roll me some damage. That would be a two. All right. It goes, ow, and... <laughs> Even and, with the
0: guy yeah. in its mandibles.
1: It goes, it, it, like, it. like, ow! It's like, with its mouth
3: full, it's like, ow! ow! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Abraxas, you're up.
5: All right, Abraxas uh, is going to look towards Manette. He's like, don't worry. Well, we're going to help these people. He already kind of, again, knows her. He wants to put her at ease. Now with those two points in charisma, oh, look at that! Now he's got a plus one. Whoa, charming as hell, I know. (laughs) All right. Uh, In our last adventure, I used my last hero point to retrieve a spell that I never used, so I'm going to use it now. I'm going to cast a very popular tar ball. So he's going to make these spiral motions with his hands, summon forth, and toss it at the mantis. Nice. Eighteen, an eighteen will hit. All right, you get hit with uh, six points of fire damage, and it takes a negative two penalty to dexterity, and it's on fire.
1: So basically, it rears up from the flame and throws the 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 peasant it was holding onto, and looks over at you and glares. It is angry, Manette. Though it is your turn.
0: All right, I'm going to pull out my crossbow because. I'm not feeling so I was literally going to
3: say, if you moved, I was going to use my free action to stop you.
0: No, I literally (laughs) almost died today. I'm not feeling great because of the cold. My teeth are chattering. I'm sure my armor has like frost on it and I'm considering taking it off. But instead, I'm going to pull out my crossbow as my move action and take a shot at good old mantis boy.
1: That's a 17. That's a hit, because he's still flat-footed this round.
0: Thank goodness. Okay.
1: Roll damage. <sighs>
0: it's a six. <laughs> that's
1: all? Wow, horrible. Jeez. I mean, oh,
0: no. I'm used to
4: doing more damage, okay? <laughs> On a crossbow, though, that's max damage, pretty much. Like.
1: So what does it look like when you attack this this mantis and hit?
4: well i whip out my crossbow my
0: teeth chattering (laughs) i pull that i i'm sure i you know strap a that's not the right word i can't even think in real life i just shoot it and it goes straight through its head
1: (laughs) well it doesn't quite go through its head because it's still alive but i mean it it could still be in its head (laughs) it, it, it has an exoskeleton right kay yeah they do So what it does is it actually hits the head and it does a pretty serious crack in the exoskeleton. uh, And it actually hurts it too. It sticks in a little bit and, uh, and takes some damage. It is now the mantis's turn. It actually moves up right here and it attacks Abraxas. Bring it. It attacks with its first claw. Does a 19 hit. It sure does. Okay. So he attacks with the first one. And that's nine points of damage. Crap. And then it has a chance to grapple you and it's mandible. What's your CMD?
5: Oh, my CMD is 16.
1: It just missed with a 15. So it, it goes, but it goes to hit you with its second claw. Oh gosh. Which is a critical threat.
5: No, I'm not used to taking damage.
1: Oh. <laughs> uh, and again, does a 19 hit you? No,
5: the first 19 hit, but the second one uh, doesn't hit. You're, you're joking with me, right? Yeah, of course it hits.
1: So, <laughs> pull, me, pull, pull me a critical hit card there, my friend. I'll roll you a, a card, then. It's a natural attack. Paper
5: cut. Normal damage and negative four penalty on... Ah, oh, son of a gun. Attack
1: rolls, skill checks, and ability checks for yes. one day four round. Oh, uh, man. For, well, first thing, I'll roll how many rounds? You're negative. One, 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 2 one, two. One. two. <laughs> All right. And then let's roll damage here.
5: Normal damage.
1: Okay, so eighteen points of damage.
5: Oh, I am unconscious. <gasps> oh
1: shit. So he decides not to grapple you, and that ends his turn. Odessa, you are up. You just saw your friend Abraxas fall to the ground with a pretty serious claw attack.
3: Jess, did you say that Minette has no lay on hands left?
1: No lay on. Well,
0: actually, so that is a good question for Dustin. With my plus two to charisma, I would technically get one more lay on hands per day.
1: I'm gonna say because it's a super a, a natural ability adjustment, you get a super natural increase in spells. So, Yay. but get one more. Okay. and and I'm gonna I'm gonna re. Uh, so what you do is you see the mantis kind of go back. Why not Zoyberg and go... Oh, jeez.
3: Clippity clippity. Okay, so since Manette can heal him, uh, Dessa is going to, uh, instead of shooting him, she's going to swing at him with her gun like a baseball bat, <laughs> because she still has the scatter condition on her gun, and it is really high, and I'm really scared of a misfire right now. Oh, jeez. So I rolled a 15 against touch.
1: 15 against- Oh, no,
3: no, that wouldn't be touch.
4: That's just 15.
1: You swing and you miss- Shit, Pippa, you're up.
4: I'm just gonna fire my handy dandy crossbow at the creature.
1: Does a 15 hit? A 15 does not hit.
4: All right, well then, that that's all, folks.
3: I rolled a 15 <laughs> too. God damn. Okay. Uh,
1: Abraxas is unconscious, so it's Minette's turn.
4: Oh, but you take some more
5: fire damage, buddy. Oh, I'm a spell. You take another. Five points of damage wouldn't he roll to stabilize as well oh yes oh Let yes stabilize. roll to
1: stabilize there Abraxas Ooh, that's
5: a 16
1: okay then you passed so Abraxis is stabilized and uh, Manette is your turn
0: okay I'm gonna lay hands on Abraxis. and that's four hit points to Abraxis. yes
1: so she's gonna attack Minette and oh my god he can, he can do that with that where he's at so, oh shit. Crit? I roll the 20. Oh, okay. Wow. It's all right.
0: I'm, I'm back up on Whoa. hit points. I'm cool.
1: Let's see if it confirms, though. 17 plus 7. Ugh, yeah, okay. Uh, Abraxas, can, our Angel, can you pull me a critical hit card? Terrible Gash.
5: Double damage and one Charisma Drain.
0: It's <laughs> well, at least it happened after. <laughs> I know. I like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: so uh, double damage. So let me roll 14 points of damage. Okay. And then he goes for his second attack. Does a 21 hit. Exactly. Yeah. So he does seven points more of damage to you. And then CMB to see if he grapples the second time. Not great. Uh, 14 plus nine. Yeah, he got me. Oh boy. So basically he comes down with one mandible and slices at you and kind of does a gash under your armor and then but doesn't grapple onto you and the second one comes down like you're busy dodging the first one. The second one comes and grabs and squeezes into you and does the damage and then picks you up and, and shakes you around. Manette is grappled. Odessa, it's your turn.
3: Ah, Uh, Adessa is once again, very angry. So she is going to scream and hit it again. (laughs) Jeez.
2: (laughs) That is a 19.
1: That's exactly what you needed to hit. Roll damage.
2: Uh, Yeah, my man, that's a 10.
1: He looks, the the giant mantis, and I'm not going to say he, it could be a she. The giant mantis is looking very haggard, but is still up. Pippa, it is your turn
4: you know, I'm going to go ahead and go for it. We're going to see what happens. Pippa is going to, this entire time, she has been frantically scrambling in her pack looking for that animal bane bolt. She knows she's got two. And she she knocks one, points it at the mantis and says, you let her go, you son of a bitch. 14. (laughs) Super misses.
1: It looks towards you as the bolt just flies in front of his face and sticks into the bushes behind him.
4: Well, at least
3: he can get it back. <laughs> it shoots a rabbit and it, like, activates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, at least Braxis will have something to eat when he becomes Oh, nodding. thank goodness, because I could
1: use the HP. <laughs> Braxis, it is your turn.
5: I'm going to use my move action to shift into wolf form, which does not provoke an attack of opportunity, by the way. And I'm going to uh, take a bite out of this thing. I'm going to move up five feet. Okay and i'm like snarling like he's
1: wait pissed. wait are it, no you can't i can't what because the snow's too high you can't take a five foot movement
5: oh actually i'm an ice walker oh, because God of my arctic druid said so i dance on the surface oh watch my how God. i dance i'm a leaf on the wind buddy
0: Like glass <laughs> on that snow
3: oh i'm laughing so hard my face is hot
5: You're the red one this time. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh So, yes, I'm going to take a bite. That's a 22. That's a hit. Roll damage. That's right. Take a big old chunk of this beast. Nine. Nine points of damage.
1: So what does it look like when you kill this mofo? Oh, So, Abraxas
5: is... His, so he is like growling, like he does look feral, like with the salivating, like he would remind you like of a rabid animal. He goes straight to like the neck. So wherever the head connects to what the thorax, um, he's just going to latch on, bite and like just pull back hard, like a full body, like using
1: his full weight to just like rip it out. Okay. You have killed the mantis.
3: Okay. So was Manette like conscious when he grappled? Oh, yeah, yes. I'm good.
1: I'm good. Okay. On she, H. Falls, right. she just falls to the snow.
3: All right. So, is going to walk like half jog through the snow because she's not covered anymore. So, she can actually fucking move, which is exciting. <laughs> and she is going to offer her hand to help you out of the snow because I'm assuming you did not land on your feet.
0: Oh, yeah, no. I, t- I take your hands and I give everybody a big thumbs up. I'm like, I'm cool. Not nearly as bad as troll time. When, when
1: Minette falls on her back, it's like a turtle trying to get up. Oh,
0: I'm gosh. like, oh, oh, this armor. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm so cold. Get me out! gonna
2: kind of, like, punch you on the shoulder and be like, I swear to God, I thought I told you to stop doing that. I
0: didn't even do... Uh, <laughs> I didn't even do
1: anything this time.
2: I stood back. I shot She's my gonna, bow. like, storm away and be like, we're fighting.
1: With, uh... In the in the background, you see a woman go. <clears throat>
4: Pippa calls out to the group of peasants, like, "Is everyone all right? <laughs> is anybody hurt?" I forgot they were there.
5: Yeah, the two they are fighting. Abraxas is full on, like, eating the mantis.
2: I'm mm-hmm. going for
5: the gooey
1: parts. You're like. you're cr- you're cracking it open like a crab. Oh <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
4: Never mind him.
1: With the mantis dead, uh, you see the group of peasants are in rough shape. This is a caravan of travelers which consists of five dog sleds and four guards, which, let's face it, they aren't really guards. They look like peasants who just might have put on some leather armor or something like that. And they're, you know, maybe maybe able to f- fend off animal attacks, but that's about it. After a few seconds, a tall, blonde woman of similar size and shape to Minette, actually, walks up to Ayu. Thank you very much for saving us. I am forever in your vet. Who might you be?
4: I don't know. I mean, honestly, Pippa kind of feels in this moment that she should probably defer to Abraxas since he actually like Oops, he's
5: like still stuffing his gob.
4: Look, as I mean, a so wolf. <laughs> she's just gonna like, she's gonna like look behind her at where he's like still eating the praying mantis and just kind of shrug and just gonna be like, "We have journeyed here from Taldor, where a sudden winter seems to have sprung up. Winter happened, <laughs> and now we're here. What's up with you guys?" <laughs>
1: Uh Nadia looks around and looks at the peasant the the group of like protectors. You must speak of that. Be quiet. We're very thankful for your help, but outsiders are never welcome in this area. I will help you guys cuz you helped us, but don't tell people about that. My name is Nadia. Nadia Petzka.
2: <gasps> um hey, so just a question and this might be weird, Do you have a relation to a small girl whose name was Thora?
1: She looks incredibly shocked. But at the same time, we go, we must talk about this later. There's a storm coming. We must get under shelter.
5: At the word storm, like Abraxas is like ears perk up and he shifts back. It's like, oh, that's right. We we need need to make haste. There is a, a terrible storm on its way.
3: Odessa hands you a piece of ripped up clothes Because I have just have this headcanon that she just has like a bag of fucking rags (laughs) Just in her backpack at all times Because like think about it, she's constantly working on her gun Her hands probably get greasy, it's probably kind of gross And she hands it to you
5: And he, I took a lot of damage, like I'm bloodied up Cuts all over his face
2: Please wipe the mantis goo off your face And then she is also going to give you one of her um, cure light Potions.
1: Oh, thank you. Nadia goes, Yes, yes, let's set up camp. And she waves to the warriors warriors i say with exclamation marks um and they start breaking down gear to to set up camp and protect from the storm they have these giant tarps and there's actually a hillside and so they kind of build into the hillside a bit there you can tell that they are used to this kind of weather and know what to do in it yeah and so there's you guys are sitting around the campfire nadia is kind of sitting with you guys um i say that i think the rest of the group is probably off on and uh, like they have multiple campfires and there's another group yeah and there's some stew cooking over the the fire
0: I'm immediately getting warm because I'm still effed up. I have that
5: fatigue damage. Oh, yeah, I'm throwing all my bear skin rugs, the like weasel
1: pelts. <laughs> I, I see you guys going merry poppins out of your bags and just pulling stuff out. Just like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm stuffing my armor <laughs> in there because I'm like, it's
0: cold.
5: <laughs> so, Nadia, we uh, thank you for uh, sharing your fire on this
1: cold, cold day. She, she looks at you and kind of looks over to make sure that the other people are not nearby. So tell me again why, why you would travel to these lands?
2: It's kind of been this weird series of events in which cold happened in this really beautiful, lush, kind of summery place. And then we kind of had to stop it from being cold. But then we had to rescue this, like, princess, and then there were these bandits, and then there was just so much more cold. There was a giant weasel and a troll at one point in time, and Odessa's
3: just going to keep going until somebody stops her.
5: (laughs) A princess will hand her over (laughs) a little tankard of, oh, water.
3: (laughs) And she is just going to glare
2: at you like, this is rude.
5: Uh, Has there been, um, is this the first... Uh, creature from uh, the wit- uh, Summerlands that you've run into in your travels.
1: But yes, we, we 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 were very shocked to see this. We knew that's not a creature that would typically stay in these realms. So, I I I don't know where it came from. And are you aware of
5: these uh, these portals that are appearing around Irisen? Is is that something that you've heard of?
1: I've heard nothing of the sort. Although I don't put it past the witches, they are foul beans.
5: What have, uh, what's the word on the witches? What's the latest news uh, from town? What uh, What rumors? or uh, what, uh, what talks just,
1: have you heard? They're, they're like just the usual. They take what they want, they destroy what they want, and they leave us to suffer.
2: So, kind of back on that note... I noticed that when I asked you if you were a relation of, um, uh, Thora Miss you seemed a little taken aback. Was I correct?
1: Yes. Uh, th- this is why we are on this travel. I went to collect food to take it to the local vitch and, uh, get my daughter. They took her.
3: So, Odessa is going to kind of, like, dig through her bag and find the small like she kind of put all of the shards of the ice diamond that thor's soul had been trapped in into this like little bag in her bag then her like backpack and she's going to pull it out and uh
2: just look her in the eye and say you know i'm i'm really sorry that we have to be the ones to tell you this um now she can't make eye contact with her now she's just fussing with the bag a little and she's gonna hold it forward i think this might be what's left of your daughter hold it out for her to take we encountered this witch's hut and encountered a little girl who we believe was probably a ghost and her name was thora petzka
1: I think there's a lot of emotions you were expecting that would come from her, um, sadness and stuff, but you don't see any of that. What you see is pure rage, not directed at you, but just anger. But but they told me if we brought them this food, they would release her.
0: I'm sorry. There's absolutely no way that's true. It seems you've been tricked. She was, we believe, under the control of a witch.
1: I lost my husband a year ago to these foul witches, and now, now my daughter. Excuse me, and uh, she goes out into the snow for a few minutes. One of those movies, you know that those scenes where somebody like hears something tragic, and then they walk outside, and they don't play the audio it's just muted and you just see this visceral reaction of pain and anger and frustration i think that's what happened is happening And she knows she can't make noise but she is so angry and upset that it's it's almost not even something that could be converted into words none of you guys see that but you just you just know that if she's willing to go out and deal with that cold for a few minutes she it's upset and as she's coming back, I would say some of the, the other peasants have been brought over a big giant pot of stew for you guys to all start digging into. And behind Nadia, you see a blue skinned humanoid creature that has the legs of a bald goat, uh, and Ooh. it's a completely hairless body and a horned head. And I can show you a picture of it.
0: I love yeah. it. I don't want to see real it. life. Me loves it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's yes. actually pretty cool.
4: She actually kind of looks like a fawn, like out of uh, like Greek a, mythology. Yeah, like a satyr.
1: Nadia looks freaked out, but she's calm. Hello, my name is Muriel. I mean, you know, harm. some men accosted me on my route. I, I play at a nearby village and she she's kept her hands up to show that she's not violent. And she points to, you see a Luke on her back. They took all my rations. I was hoping you might let me join you for a meal. I promise I will be off quickly. Maybe I can pay you back with some music before I leave?
0: Sense motive.
5: Yeah, uh, I'm detecting evil. Yeah, Braxis immediately looks
1: to Manette.
0: <laughs> That's my yep. job. I Peppa's smell it. right on the same page.
1: <laughs> first off, she does not detect his evil.
3: Got it. I got a 19 on my sense motive. I got a 21.
1: She appears to be telling the truth. I had to do something first. Oh,
5: 27 survival.
1: Uh, she is what's called a farlorn. When a fae gets tricked by a fiend and they have sex, this is what happens.
4: Hmm. Oh. It's very pretty. Mm-hmm.
1: I like it. She's, she introduces herself and Nadia welcomes her and uh, nadia actually takes stew the stew and starts pe- scooping and passing it out out to all of you she looks very concerned but she's trying very hard to hide it and you guys are sitting there after you eat your meal conversation starts to start up again miriel pulls out her loop and starts to to strum el- the guitar a little bit and she's she's looking around and she looks at it and she goes i have not seen people such as yourself are you perhaps the wolf's servants and she looks at Abraxas.
4: Yes, I also say yes, yes. We're traveling with our master. Uh, he has business And in... She kind of pauses and kind of like glances sideways at Abraxas. <laughs>
1: Pippa, there, roll me a bluff.
4: Okay, that's a that's a twenty.
1: Okay, she just smiles and she's wonderful. And she keeps playing the guitar, and it's a lovely melody that she keeps playing. And and she's just kind of listening to you guys, and she's talking, and talking about her travels. She's basically, um, she travels town, you know, little village to village, and plays music to different communities. And you guys can roll uh, the highest perception, and you would actually know that's true. And you, that's something you very much believe her. Um, and she, after a while, uh, she's just like, well, what, what, young pup, what are you... You're off to go visit the witch in the pale tower.
5: Yes, that's correct. What news? Uh, what news uh, have you? What have you heard in your travels? Current events, idle gossip.
1: Uh, I've heard that the queen is vying for power, but I don't know what. What much more than that? You know, I stick to the small towns. I only approach the main capitals of each district uh, at, a, at request uh, I tr- try to avoid them at all costs that's wise after she finishes the song she stands up and she puts her loot on her back and go. thank you all so much for your courtesy I, I, I really appreciate it and she kind of does a bow and she starts to head out
2: um you don't have to leave if you don't want
1: to oh no I'm, I'm, I'm due I just, I just needed some food ask uh, a quick question. Do you happen to have any, uh, maps,
5: uh, whether, uh, you purchased or, uh, hand-drawn yourself?
1: Nadia, Nadia speaks up and she goes, I, I have some maps you can uh, see. I know you lost yours in the storm. She's covering for you. You can tell she's kind of co- trying to cover for yes, you.
5: Yes, it's, uh, the storm has me all turned around.
1: And with that, uh, Muriel bows and disappears.
4: Hmm. Pippa Pe- says, that is perfect. Like, we've got an excellent cover story. We're gonna need to work out exactly who you are. What do you, Why? Why would you have to be visiting? Why would you have to be visiting a witch? Why are wolves in charge? that's right,
5: Well.
2: Uh, Adessa <laughs> is just thinking to herself, like, "Oh, here we go. Here's the con."
5: Hmm. <laughs>
2: We're all oh, staring no. at Abraxas oh.
1: real hard.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I want to do the kind of like a Nadia, like, hey, can you get us more salt? Something so she kind of, like, shoes away a bit.
1: Nadia looks at you. Thank you again for all your help. Um, I, I need to tend to my men, and, and, you know, obviously we took some damage, so good. we're going to need to sleep. Um, you guys saved our lives, and because of that, I trust you. Can you do watch tonight?
5: Of course, uh, yeah yes we will it's it's it'll be our pleasure to watch over your uh your group again uh our sincerest uh condolences we know the witches uh, witches can be crueler than than this frigid land and the coldest blizzards
1: Thank you. We have much more to talk about, but we should get to town before we hack in, in my home where prying eyes do not exist. Nods her head and she walks over to her, her bed, which is a good distance away. You guys are kind of off on your own, like I said, campfire. And you guys are all sitting around the campfire.
5: So Braxis is going to fiddle around with... No, well, he actually will get a tankard, um, and uh, I'm going to create water in it, and he's going to start getting some of the blood. I'm, I'm picturing his hair just matted down you know, gross, it's cold, it's frozen. He's like bloodier I think than you guys have ever seen him. I mean, he's taken that damage in the past, but usually he does wolf out to mitigate the damage. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like super beat up, so it's, he's he's kind of cleans up a little bit. Wolves have a long history of uh, oh. militia is not the right word. Uh, enforcers, uh, spies, torturers. Uh, this land, as you know, was conquered ages and ages ago, and the witches did that with magic, and they did it with, with beasts. And uh, some of the beasts were uh, native to the land, and some of them were created through magics and, and curses such as, uh... <clears throat> like, uh... like, l- lycanthropy. I he just does not make <laughs> eye contact with, like, anybody, and you can tell it's really difficult for him to talk about. And yeah, that's, uh, just, uh, some of the ways that the witches hold their power here.
2: So... I don't mean to possibly inquire on something that's a little sensitive, but is that why you wolf out or become furry?
5: Yes, I uh, uh, I try to play it off as a natural druid magic, and as I gain strength and unlock the mysteries of, you know, the earth, I I, I will in time be able to take form of of many animals, um, but as of right now, no, it is, a it's, it is my natural-born ability. My, my pack is from this area. Uh, this is our, this is our, our home, but we, we fled. We didn't want to be chained into the cycle of bloodshed and, and brutality and, and And violence, so my my fore my forefathers they left generations and generations ago
4: How could that woman tell what you were just by looking at you is that is that something every Iraceni is going to be able to do
5: well they, they uh, might i might have to uh do something with my eyes
4: uh, uh
5: yellow eyes is a bit more common coming up here but uh not as much uh, in my travels. I haven't I haven't seen too many.
0: So that begs the question. This is not in character. Um, I have gold eyes. Would they confuse me for a wolf?
1: Oh, would? I think they would confuse you for a wolf if if you were bright white.
0: Oh, and if, if I wasn't not- brown. <laughs>
1: yeah, you have you have right. distinct features that are not native to this area.
5: Okay. Yeah, that that might be a problem. I I may need to. Uh, maybe clean up a bit and uh, change some mannerisms, but it, it, it is, it is well, a risk.
4: On, on that thought, since that seemed to be a cover story, I mean, the best the best cons are the ones that include an element of truth and the best lies come from things that people think of themselves and she already had that alibi ready. All we had to do was say, yep, yep, nope, that is exactly what we're doing here, and she bought it. So I'm thinking, why not swing the other way and have Abraxas really double down on this native wolf sort of energy, and we pose as his servants. Uh, Abraxas, you would obviously know more about this than us. Does that Would that afford us a certain measure of being able to move through these places? Unaccosted, or would it be more likely to gain us unwanted attention? I, I'm not sure which.
5: I think people will give us a good free birth.
4: Then I say, we do that.
1: So, as the night progresses, they're having some conversations. I think you guys are feeling a little, well, at least temporarily a little safe. Um, you know, Nadia has giving you guys a place to feel like you're not going to be freezing to death or be attacked by random animals for the night. Each of you turn in, um, but each of you need to keep watch. So who's going to keep the first watch?
4: I suppose I will. I'll go next. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'll
4: go next. I'll take third watch.
1: Okay, I'll do I'll do the last. Okay. So the night goes through, Manette, um, your night goes through any pretty uh, uneventful Odessa... Uh, your night goes through uneventful, and it's about time for your your watch to end and wake up Pippa.
3: All right. Well, then Odessa is gonna go back into the tent and just like kind of gently shake Pippa awake.
1: She jumps up and says, "My carriage!" Just oh my, <laughs> God. Oh my God.
4: Yeah. <laughs> no, she crumbles and I don't know. Slowly, blearily, blinks her eyes and says, "Is it time already?"
2: Yeah it it's your it's your turn. Alright.
4: She stands up and starts putting on her coat. You get to bed, I got this. She kinda pats Odessa's, uh, Odessa's calf and starts moving toward the door of the tent the door to the tent.
2: Um actually Pippa, I was wondering if maybe I could talk to you for a bit. Sure. Uh what's on your mind? Um maybe we should, you know, just go sit at the door together so it's not so loud in here. Oh, alright. I would imagine the two of them would sit by the door, kind of where Odessa was before. Across from each other? Right, right, right. So, I, uh, couldn't really find a good time to bring it up before, but I thought maybe you might want to talk somebody about what happened, like, the explosion and all that stuff. <sighs> now you got, like, magic. That seems right. big, important. Mm-hmm. It's
4: yeah it's large i I haven't I haven't really fully processed it yet but uh but now that you mention it i I actually desperately do need to talk to somebody about it I've been we haven't exactly had a lot of time and I've been turning it over and over and over again in my head and I can't for the life of me understand why this suddenly happened I know that rap beforehand, I had a very disturbing vision.
2: Do you want to tell me what that vision was?
4: I was just, like, I don't know, lost in this this kind of blank void. And before me was a mirror that, among other things, showed me uh, myself. Uh, Only I didn't really recognize her. She was... I don't know. She seemed colder somehow than I ever, ever want to be and just emanated this, this power and strength. And there was, I don't know. I can't really describe it. There was something completely horrifying about it. And so I shattered that mirror, the one in my head, And I guess when I did that, I don't know, I kind of came to and I had scorched everything around me. And I really worried that shattering that mirror did something with really longer lasting consequences than than just I can suddenly do magic, which is also very it's ugh. it's I don't know, I don't lack met people who do magic they scare me and now I can
2: do it that's what that's how I'm doing yeah um so with the mirror thing when you say that it was emanating that aura what what preface that you just went into a void and you were in a room and then you were looking at yourself and she was angry I mean was there something like no She wasn't angry,
4: she was remote, she was cold, she was pleased with herself, very secure in all of this, in all of this power that was just rolling off her, and reminds me of someone that I bumped into at a party once, it's actually a, that's that's a different, much longer story, but that person terrified me down to my absolute core.
2: All right, well, we can unpack that one later, I guess, but um, <laughs> if it makes... Oh, yeah,
4: then there's this. She kind of, like, reaches up and kind of yanks her comb out of her hair. My comb. It's my mother's comb. I, I'm very fond of it. It's an antique. It's it's priceless to me, and it used to have five white diamonds on the top. And as you can see, one of them's red now.
2: Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that means. I noticed that, like, almost directly after the fact, and, uh, yeah, that is quite strange. It was your mother's? Yeah.
4: I don't know where she got it. I'm starting to have a sneaking suspicion.
2: You want to share what that suspicion is?
4: Well, she just, you know, used to travel up here a little bit before she moved to Taldor and met my father. Got it. And... I'm starting to get a feeling that I know where this comes from now.
2: Ah, well, and, I mean... I
4: don't know how I feel about that either.
2: Could you send a carrier pigeon, something, find out where she got it? Maybe that might answer some questions?
4: No, she's, uh, she passed on. Um, Some decades ago.
2: Well, I mean, I actually understand that. My dad died a long time ago, so... I didn't know. Dead Parents Club. I'm sorry. That's... Life, I guess. I mean, he gave me Jim, so it was yeah. Jim. Let's talk about that. Talk about. And Odessa just looks out into the- <laughs> what? Talk about. <laughs> I'm sorry. Your mom want to go back? Yeah. No. I'm- no.
4: On the subject of Jim, mm. he was talking to uh, Baba Yaga's servant, like he knew
2: him. So I talked to Jim about that. Uh Uh-huh. Um, he doesn't seem to know why or how he knew him, but essentially just said, I was sad, but I don't know why. And I don't know. Jim's always kind of been weird. He's always just kind of been this little magical thing that I've had since I was a kid. When my dad was making my, well, his gun, I blew out one of my ears and lost all of my hearing in it. And my dad felt terrible. Yeah. Um, He was devastated. I would never seen anybody look so guilty, ever. So he showed up one day with Jim. And for years, I just, he was my magical teddy bear that helped me hear everything. And I think, probably after my dad died, I kind of started to realize that he probably had help in making him. But, beyond that, Jim and I can't figure it out. So, as of now, it's a mystery, and I can't ask my dad. So, we both have a magical object that doesn't make any damn sense.
4: At least, (laughs) at least we got each other, I guess.
2: Yeah, and I mean... And she looks into the tent
3: and doesn't really say anything, but Jim just rustles around and comes back out of the covers, probably when he thought that she was going to go to bed. He was like, oh, thank God I get to go into the warm <laughs> bed. Too bad, Jim. <laughs> Too bad. Um, and so Jim comes like kind of crawling out of the tent and she like picks him up and puts him on her lap and just says,
2: yeah, I mean, do you want to ask Jim anything? You might be able to ask him something that I haven't thought of, but to the best of our knowledge, there isn't anything. He's still just a teddy bear.
4: No, I I trust you. And I trust Jim. If he doesn't remember, then
1: he doesn't remember. You hear Pippa all of a sudden coming from Jim's mouth. Yes, if you have anything you can ask, I'd be more than happy to answer. The Fantastic Worlds Podcast is a Fantastic Pods production. I would like to thank Amy Hankinson for writing our wonderful theme song, Sirenscape for use of the sound effects. That's a good spot. And music, Paizo for the Reign of Winter Adventure Path, and all of you listeners. Until next week, I'm Dustin Alexander. You can reach me on Twitter at Dustin Alexander.
4: I'm Abby. You can find me on Twitter at Bonanza Famine.
5: I'm Angel. You can reach me at espinoza 916 on Twitter.
2: This is Kay, and you can reach me at She's Lady Macbeth on Twitter.
0: I'm Jessica and you can find me at Hank the Clink on Twitter.
1: Please remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Help us spread the word about Fantastic Worlds by telling your friends, coworkers, families, rooftops, anyone you know about our podcast, and finally follow us and share on social media. If you do share, use the hashtag #WorldsTravelers so we can thank you for spreading the word. Your support makes a huge difference. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I hope you have many fantastic adventures.
4: The Fantastic Worlds podcast is a Fantastic Worlds production and an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. The Pathfinder Adventure Path "Rain of Winter is a trademark of Paizo, copyright 2013. All Paizo content in this podcast is used with permission.
5: We love you, fans.
0: love you. <laughs> we love you so much. Heart eyes. <laughs> Emoji. <laughs>